This is the Shift Podcast. Today on the Shift Daily Podcast is your New Year's resolution to improve your health, right? We've got you covered. We all go through that. I am too. Alyssa Bauman, certified holistic nutritionist who developed the A to B nutrition mythology, helps us turn this resolution into a specific reality with specific examples of how foods help us, ways to eat our food, and a couple of recipes too. After spending nearly 40 years in space, a retired NASA satellite is expected to plummet to the Earth. We have Andrew C. Ferreira on the program helping us understand what happens when these technology things fall back to the ground. And going to the moon, what are we going to use the moon for? Well, there's more to be had, and it's all coming up on the Shift Daily Podcast. This is the Shift Podcast. All right, here we are. Brand new year, new me, new year, which has been fun to share online because I'm not a big fan of new year, new me stuff. I'm like, how about just new year, same old me working harder at all the things that matter? And I think that's a pretty cool way to look at things. Alyssa B is here, nourished.ca for the mindful nourishment and all the things. Alyssa, happy new year to you. Welcome um, welcome back to the shift. It's time to... Uh, it's every day's time to take care of ourselves but if it's a free excuse right yeah free chance everyone gets to do it why not take it for the new year how are you i am doing really well thank you how are you doing happy new year and all of that kind of amazing stuff and very excited to um kind of get going and it's been three weeks of holiday fun and 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 happening and 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 fun i guess i would say and um, i'm happy to be getting back to it. And um, when I say get back to it, it's getting back into a routine, getting back into those habits that you can root down into that make you feel good. Yeah. So I always, yeah, no, it's uh, during this time of year, I think it's great if people want to set resolutions, if they're a resolution person, I think it's great if people want to set intentions to be a better person, to have better relationships with themselves and the people around them and their relationships to food and alcohol and all the things we consume, social media, TV, all the things that we consume. So um, whatever works for people, I think it's just really important to reevaluate, take Mm -hmm. stock and recalibrate this time of year. I mean, you could do it this time of year. I mean, that's when the majority of people do it, but you can also do it every single day when you wake up as a brand new day and you can say, okay, how am I going to help myself feel good today? So it's about recalibrating and looking at your habits, the habits that you hold and the habits that you keep every single day. Do they serve you? That's my uh, biggest I love question. It. Do they serve you? It does it serve you. Yeah. And I, um, okay. So coming out of Christmas, I have still a mountain of food to go through and I've frozen a bunch <laughs> and made my chicken soup is typically more of a chicken stew. It's like a big mm-hmm. chunky stewy thing than it is like a brothy soup. So like a gumbo. Yeah, it's more like a gumbo. Yeah. And I like it like that. It's chunky. It's good. It's easy meal. But one of my personal goals is water. I literally have a checklist mm-hmm. on a spreadsheet that counts my water. And because I won't do it, I'm terrible at it. I always have been. And I'll drink water for three days and feel great. And then I'm like, I feel great. I don't need water anymore. And then mm-hmm. restart cycle. Soups and well, all those things coming out of, before we get to that, but for soups and all those things um, have a big impact on sometimes just the access to drinking water, but then you're burning up some of that old food and everything else. So can you take the water cue and then maybe the uh, making soup cue as sure. an opportunity? Well, 
going back to like what you said is your thing is as you drink your water, but nobody could see. Um, when we set these intentions or these goals or these resolutions, you know, it can't be like, oh, I'm just going to drink more water. The best way to get there and to, to, and to get to that end goal of drinking more water is how am I going to drink more water? So mm -hmm. you said you had spreadsheets. There's some great apps out there that kind of ring a bell every 15 minutes saying, drink up, drink up. I personally like to keep water all over the house. I, one in my yoga room, one downstairs in the kitchen, one in my office, and that's just water with lemon. There's jars everywhere in my house. Every three days I have to change them and clean them and go hunt for them. But having a tracker, um, having a specific targeted goal, and then a how-to, how am I going to achieve it? How am I going to attain, attain it? Is a great way to say, I'm going to drink some more water. So when you make these types of goals, I'm just going to say goals, not resolutions. Um, yeah, it's, just make sure you have a, okay, how am I going to get this done? How am I going to achieve this? Because you can set these intentions, but if you don't have an action plan, they usually kind of fall by the, by, by the sideways. So really important to have an action plan. And I, I put a number on it. I mean, if it's four glasses mm -hmm. of water, that's the next goal for you. Do four glasses of water, like literally pick the number four. And even if you do mm -hmm. sort of like Alyssa describes, put four glasses of water around the house, one at your desk, one at the TV, one in the kitchen, one in your bedroom, and make sure they're all empty by the end of the day. Um, Great. I find that stuff really helps. One thing that gets me though, Alyssa, is that probably TMI, but because I'm inconsistent, when I do start to drink, my body starts to flush like crazy. And then I'm like mm -hmm. the panic pee guy, right? Yeah. Not to mention I'm almost 50 and my body's changing anyway. And, um, you know, sleeping through the night becomes a bit of a gift as we get older. And <laughs> oh, no. It's true. Well, it's true for everybody. I know. It, it's true for everybody. Yes. Yep. Uh, so call it for like it is. Said, yeah, no, not too much information. And everything that we do and everything that goes into our body comes out to, to our body is energy and is information that we need to know how we are doing. Um, your bladder will adjust. So if yeah. you, after three days, your bladder will definitely adjust and you won't be going to the bathroom every hour or so your body will get used to it that being said the night thing i would stop drinking water you know at depending on what time you go to bed i go to bed super early so i stop drinking water around seven o'clock i just stop yeah. drinking else i'll be up in the middle of the night as Mine's well because i have so, to drink while i work right so yes and that's yes. right to the end of the day so yeah i go through that yeah I'm thinking of the drivers though, right? Like for anybody who's a driver, delivery person, truck driver, all those things, they have, you know, a very confined space to deal with those first couple of weeks of drinking water consistently. Because mm -hmm. I know that if I mm -hmm. have a day when I have to run around and do errands all day, I sometimes will not, I'm cautious when I start drinking water because otherwise I'm that guy that's, you know, hey, by the way, I have to go to the bathroom. Hold on, hold on right? a second. Yeah, I got to go yeah, to the bathroom. So exactly. For all, everyone who's stuck in a truck or, 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 you know, driving a bus or delivery person, that becomes complicated. So I, I think the, I hear you when you say it takes a little time, it will settle. That's good to know for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It does. Um, I can't, I can't, I don't, I, I'm not a truck driver or delivery person. So I don't know, you know, the limitations that they may have are their coffee shops. I guess they're driving long distances. Well, I, I guess it's not convenient to pull over at the rest stop. So I would say to that, maybe the new year's goal to be healthier is to consume more greens mm. and to eat a diet that has more water in it. If water is your goal. So maybe consuming leafy greens, more leafy greens, which I was going to say today anyway, anyone who is looking to improve their diet this year, this new January 2023, um, 
include more greens into every single meal because you will feel a difference in absolutely everything you do. You'll have more energy, you will feel more focus, your eyes will be brighter, your skin will be more radiant, um, you will start to see sugar cravings dissipate. You'll start start to see that carbohydrate roller coaster kind of fade away because you're crowding out those foods by eating more greens. So anyone who is, you know, can't drink water, eat more greens. <laughs> what are some examples right. of the greens, though, for everybody? Um, you know, you can pack your own salads if you're on the go. You can saute. You can throw them in soups, as we were going to get to in a couple seconds. Mm -hmm. Um you know, arugula, kale, collards, those are spinach, broccoli, edamame, bok choy, watercress. These are all really easy foods to kind of throw in any soup, any gumbo, any any chicken stock that you're making. And you're still getting those nutrients in that, that greens are so vital for. I mean, they are the number one most nutrient-dense food in our diet, but yet the least consumed. Really? And the yeah, really, there's actually more calcium, more absorbable calcium in a half a cup of greens as there is in a glass of milk. Really? So get those greens in. Yes. Huh. That's amazing. There's okay, fiber, good to know. vitamin A, vitamin K, vitamin C, vitamin E. Um, they are just a real minerals, all the minerals that we need. They are a real powerhouse. So when in doubt, load the plate up with greens, whether it's sautés, throwing it on your pizza, in your soups, you know, I'm not saying don't eat the foods like the pizzas and whatnot, but but put the greens on top. Incorporate more greens into your diet. I have on my website a uh, underneath the wellness blog, and I can link it to you guys later. Um, mm -hmm. Just a way to get more greens into your diet, and it's not it's not hard. If you become conscious of it, and it's it's your goal, you know, it's it's something that can be done. Even frozen, if you do not don't have access to fresh greens, go to Costco or go to the big bulk store and buy a huge bag of, of frozen chopped spinach yeah you know one thing that i've done that i um i don't know if it's good or bad but i feel proud of it i'll tell you I'll yeah tell you'll you. tell me i know <laughs> uh, you've always got my back the um so when i make uh rice now or because mm -hmm. it's hot right uh when i take the rice out or when i make soups i take bok choy i cut it uh it just into chunks like big chunks just like chop it off and i throw it in the bottom of the bowl then i put my soup in the bowl that's it. Genius. I put it. I put it down on the plate, and I put my rice on top of it. I don't cook it, and at that point, it's warm. Uh, it's and still it's crunchy for the most part, but it's not. It's not like you know that bitter veggie kind of lettuce mm -hmm. taste that sometimes they get, and so it's great that way. And so I just I kind of throw it under the food, and I figure that's a, a nice way to be a lazy healthy man. That is a brilliant, brilliant idea. I never thought of that, Jane. See, I oh, learned wow. from you too. Hey. You know, you can do that with pasta too. You can take a boiling boiling uh, pan of pasta or pot of pasta yeah. and you can throw some peas in there, frozen peas, cook those up for a minute with the pasta, drain it, and then put your spinach on the bottom of that bowl and then you have the spinach and the peas and the pasta. Wow. That's a great way to get more of your greens in. And you could do that with edamame. Edamame is another green that's super high in protein as well, high in calcium. And really, you know, easy and easy to eat and delicious and nutrient packed. Those edamame that you get, I know Costco sells them, right? In the box, they're mm -hmm. sort of like a single serving pack and you just kind of throw them in water or in the microwave, whatever. Um, yeah, you that, can just throw them in the microwave. Does that work? Yeah, is that, that, that's okay? That's okay. Yeah, okay. that's okay. I take Listen, the, my coarse sea salt, as, just a little bit for a low flavor for me. Sprinkle a little bit on top, stir it up. It's like eating um, like... When I was a kid and we lived on Vancouver Island and I was eating fresh peas out of the garden, right? Peas. Like out of the pod. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
All really, right. really easy protein powerhouse. So anyone who's looking, you know, I know a lot of people, it's like vegan January, anybody who's like trying to reduce their animal consumption uh, for January or for a week, a day, whatever it works for you, uh, edamame is very high in protein and oh, wow, very, right. very high in calcium. So yeah, get, get the protein, get the plant-based proteins in. Wow. Okay, cool. All right. That's good to know. I'm actually updating my grocery list right now to add Ed. Are you really? Is that what you're writing? Yeah, that's what I'm doing. And you're going to you're going to put your green juice. Yeah, it's a tough spell. It is a tough spell. Um, you're not you're not using spell check, but you can also put in, you know, get get your ingredients for your green smoothie. And you can yeah. buy that in bulk and that's spinach. I mean, yeah. my iconic nourished uh, which is the foundation of my program which has changed really what has changed my life and it has really changed the people that I work with, uh, my clients, is having a green smoothie every single day. Mm -hmm. And basically that it's spinach or kale, it's a big handful of greens, it's herb, like I love cilantro and cilantro is great for detoxing, especially now in January. Uh, celery, very high in alkaline. Uh, cucumber, which has tons of water, again, talking about that water, and then a fruit, I either do a green apple or some frozen pineapple and some water or some coconut water. And I blend that up in my Nutribullet or my Vitamix or whatever blender that you have. And that lasts for two to three days in the refrigerator. Really? Hey, I have some frozen pineapple yeah. in the fridge. I would love to burn that up. So that'd be great. That makes it a little creamy, right? So it has yeah. a little bit of fresh and it literally feels like you're oxygenating every single cell in your body. When you drink that, you feel the nutrients go into your body. In fact, I went to the gym today and I gave it to one of my instructors who was just there visiting. And she's like, wow, I just feel so good drinking this. And honestly, I have had clients and I will, again, I will link that and you can post that, uh, the recipe, Nourish Go Go Juice. I have had clients say, there's no way that I can drink this to people who actually don't drink it for two days and crave it. So it takes about five days for your body to cumulatively feel the benefits of this green goodness. Um, and then you really get addicted to feeling good. And that's what this is all about, right? It's all about feeling good, feeling your best, so you can be your best. Hmm, interesting. Fascinating. Okay, well, let's get into the, some of the specifics because the green go-go juice, I'll, I have, uh, I'll get you to email me quickly those links and then I'll put them up at shiftheads.ca because I know that everyone appreciates okay. the specifics of the recipe. Um, yes. That's really uh, super handy. Um, another, and another easy way, just before we leave that, another really easy way to ensure that you have the ingredients on hand and also to have it easily made is that when you're assembling one, you can take Ziploc bags and really just assemble five and right. throw those bags in the freezer. And then when it's when you're out and it's time to make another one, you can just take it out of the freezer, empty it into the blender and add your add your oh, liquid and blend too, it up. It? Yeah, see, so I never that, thought of that either. Yeah, so you can do that with your green smoothies. You can do that with any of the protein smoothies, any of the smoothies that I have on my site. And it yeah. just makes it really easy and really convenient because there's really not a big difference when you have all the ingredients out between making one and making five. It's a matter of a minute or two minutes. When you have um, like uh, on the go go juice one, you like that says one lemon peeled. Um, mm -hmm. Like is that a whole? You putting a whole lemon into one smoothie? Mm -hmm. Really, eh? I'm putting a whole lemon, but remember, you're not drinking that whole thing. That that makes a bigger container. That makes right. about eight ounces, right? So you'll have that for if it's just you, you'll have that for three days. You okay. might have that for four days, and it stays good because okay. it's because it's a smoothie and it's not a juice, and we're not you know, extracting the fiber out of it and we're not juicing it, we're blending right. it all together. You're getting all that fiber. So it keeps 
it keeps it intact and it keeps it fresher. You know, one thing that I, I would be really great because the one thing about juicers is they do mm -hmm. really create a fantastic drink. I mean, you lose all the fiber, but you create a fast, you lose fantastic. All the fiber, yeah. But one thing that I, with a blender, it just kind of, some of the blenders, you know, you get some of the ingredients chop up really nicely. Some of them don't. Mm -hmm. I kind of wish that there was a machine that I could run the juicer. Carrots is a great example because it comes out. It's almost like sawdust powder right it's amazing mm -hmm. i wish mm -hmm. i could run the carrots through the juicer use the juice and then take all that fiber and put it back into it again then blend it <laughs> well, because could, then it, you could blend it i mean right. you could blend it very easily it back or you together could, again or you could take the fiber and the pulp from the carrots I and mean, we could really get into this if you yeah, want you it. could Let's add some it. salt you can add some salt you can add some garlic powder you can add some some kind of gluten-free breadcrumb you can add some chia seeds to bind it up and you can make a carrot cracker Right. Um, so you can do that, and like oven know, bake it even into just like a, a patty. oven bake it into a flat cracker, and then you have some crackers. Yes, you can do that. But the thing about the green smoothie that I make and I have every day, and I encourage everyone to have every day, which differs from a juice, is that you're getting all the fiber, mm -hmm. and you really do need the fiber to keep your blood sugars in tech mm -hmm. and in check, and not elevate, you know, up and down. Your carrot juice is great to get a quick nutrient dense fix, but you are just getting the sugars from the carrot right. and you're not getting, you're not getting the fiber and it's the fiber and the nutrients together that makes a carrot this, this perfect vegetable, this perfect uh, food source. When we start playing around with it, all of a sudden it changes the composition and it changes how it makes us feel and how yeah. our bodies react to it. it makes me think so, of the, the Jimmy Buffett margarita maker. Yeah, <laughs> that it, it it blends the ice into like snow, like into a shave oh, yeah. ice first, and then it mixes your drink. I feel like that's the kind of idea that we need for a really good smoothie. Is that if it blends it or juices all the pulp out first to this like this really small powdery almost sawdust, and then puts it all back together a bit in a big carafe, and then reblends it and mixes it. I feel like that's this is a thing we should invent this. I think I th I think you have an idea there. I think mm -hmm. you need to run with that. Run with it. Okay, diets and detox, since we are in January, we've only got a couple of yeah. minutes, but let's get into detoxes. Do they work? Uh, I mean, usually that is some sort of, um, you know, you're holding back on something for the most part and, and dieting in general versus tiny little steps every day. What are your thoughts? Right. Well, if you're going to make the steps, dieting is a big step. If you're going to make the steps, why don't we just make the long-term sustainable steps instead of the quick fixes? Because what happens is, if you're going to do a detox, whether that's a pill detox or I'm not eating sugar ever again, which lasts for a week, what happens is you end up, you know, restricting your body and you end up eating more afterwards than before. So if you're an all or nothing type of person and it's something that you do every single year, then go ahead. If that's what makes you focused, then do it. That being said, I would so rather you follow a more uh, sustainable plan, like getting your greens in at every single meal, like incorporating more healthy fats into your day every single day, like eating um, complex carbohydrates instead of, you know, baked goods. These are all steps that you could do. And it's, has far better long lasting uh, benefits. And then you won't have to do any type of fad diet or detox. So in the short run, it seems like it's easier to just do the quick fix, but in the long run, they don't work. Does that make sense? Absolutely makes sense. Um, I do have good news for you. I thought of you just before Christmas. Oh, 
um, the uh, my dog ate all my Nanaimo bars. Oh, or a pooch. Well, which isn't good because there it's dark chocolate and everything else. But understand, I have a Great Dane. So yeah. do the math and the amount yeah. of chocolate. My, my dog has to eat 16, more than 16 ounces of dark chocolate. You did do the math. You're I cute. did do the math. I did in order to be okay. So I was like, I looked at the plate. I held in my hand because I had some uh, dark chocolate in, in the in my baking cupboard and i'm like right. i held it in my hand i'm like yep dog you're gonna be okay and she was fine she didn't even Good. her her gut didn't even change at all which was great but that being said all of those things got gobbled up um by the doggo so there was uh none of that around for me so uh, back to my rice off. crackers yeah it was great yeah i mean you know i mean do you feel like a rice cracker like that that can be considered diet food but shane if you are eating greens at every meal you're having healthy fats, and I'm talking about nuts and seeds, avocados, olive oil, wild salmon, your lean meats. Um, you should not be craving the sugary type foods. Yeah. If you're feeding feeding your soul and you're feeding your your you're fueling your body, your body talks to you. When you're full up nutrients, you don't get cravings. Right. Cravings happen when we need more food and we're, we haven't been uh, satiated. So dieters, they're never satiated because they're eating rice crackers, they're eating no fats, they're eating you know very little portions. You don't even have to worry really too much about portions when you're eating greens and oatmeal and um, avocados because your body automatically gets full because you're getting all the nutrients that you need from such nutrient-dense food. So I guess my, 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 my point here is the focus should be on eating nutrient-dense food as opposed to eating nutrient-void foods. Love it. So good. Okay. Well, there's lots here, and we will get you to um, do this. The idea is is what can we do to change it? What I hear in this conversation is I am going to try the green smoothie. I've got that um, that blackberry colored berry smoothie that I do that we've shared before. Yeah. Um, I'm yeah. going to try this because um, give it a go. And I can always rotate between them, which is always fine too. Yes. And, and just a really quick on anyone who's listening, if you already have smoothies in your diet, amazing. To make it even healthier, throw in a handful of spinach, you won't even notice the taste difference. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you really don't, which you is don't. cool. No, All right. no, you're not with spinach, you don't. So um, yeah, let me know how that goes. I'm curious to see. It takes about three to four, three to five days to really notice a difference in your energy levels. Cool, I will do that. Um, thank you, and you'll send me the links. I'll share them up at shiftheads.ca. I will send you the links. Yep. Yes, amazing. And if you want to go discover for yourself, that's fine too. Nourished.ca and Alyssa B is here. Uh, she's she's being a mom. She's taking care of us. Saving the day. <laughs> love it. I love nourishing you guys. This is The Shift Podcast. Andrew Ferreira is weird. So weird. He loves science more than sleep and other people. It's time for Andrew Ferreira's Weird Science. Ah, and he is weird. Hello, Andrew. Yeah. Hey. All right. Uh, welcome back to the program, my friend. Um, I appreciate you coming in here. Uh, I invited you on so you could let us know if a satellite is falling on our heads. Uh, yes, technically. Okay. Maybe All not. Right. Pro pro probably, probably not your head, though. Okay. I was going to say, it's, I don't think you understand technically. <laughs> it's very much, um, you know, how do, how do the kids say it? Uh, it's very much a, you really got to win the lottery for this one. Oh, really? Oh, really? 
Oh, wow. We've got oh, a big, wow. loud got echo big on you, bud. If you can do me a favor and turn it down, turn me down a little bit. That oh, would be I'm on awesome. headphones. Oh, I've got a feedback loop of some sort here. <laughs> I'm um, on headphones. All right, cool. Imagine, Let's, imagine um, listening to anything out loud. Right? Like, I could never. Like, I see people have, like, those, like, really cool stereo systems, and I'm like, I get it. That's really nice. But imagine yep. sharing every everyone, you like, around you what you're listening to. I could never. Never? That's, you don't mean you're scary. not like that guy who stands on the... Um, stands on the transit um with your phone call on speaker holding your phone next to your mouth so you speak like this and then everybody on the train car can hear what you're saying you don't do that uh, i don't no i uh, i have oh. basic respect for uh those in my vicinity oh basic respect i digress, uh, awesome. I digress. the um the satellite that's actually uh gonna be plummeting to earth here uh it's been up in space for decades now um, it's an old uh, radiation budget satellite, and I know that kind of sounds boring, uh, but essentially kind of looked at, um, you know, how the sun heats the surface of the Earth and the various parts of it and how that changes uh, over time. And that's important when we're studying Earth's climate. Um, now, it doesn't do its thing anymore. Uh, it went to space aboard the uh, Challenger shuttle in 1984. Um and actually, uh, was only supposed to work for two years. And you see this a lot with certain space missions where they blow their expected operation time out of the water. Like it was only supposed to operate till 1986, uh, lasted mm -hmm. all the way until 2005. Um, wow. And then ever since then, it hasn't been active, so it hasn't been actively boosting its orbit, and so it's slowly going to be uh, entering um, hmm. the Earth's atmosphere. Uh, it's they don't like... expect hmm. when you're in a slippery chair and you can't sit up straight, and you eventually just sort of slide lower. Yeah, exactly. Except instead of you just kind of going, oh, uh, uh, you got to get up, you know, out of your chair, uh, mm. you burn up and plummet through yeah. 100 kilometers of atmosphere. Um, okay. Is it going to make it through? Is there going to be a chunk? Is it going to be like a molten drop of something that lands on somebody and goes sploosh? Like what's going to happen? Uh, so they expect the vast majority of it uh, to burn up, you know, be a pretty shooting star wherever it lands or wherever it looks like it's going to yeah. land. Uh, but That's NASA great. is expecting that there are some components, like some of the really like radiation-hardened components, uh, stuff made with the heavier metals to shield like computer parts. Um, they are expecting that uh, to survive re-entry. Oh. Now, um, they're expecting it here. Uh, what is it now? Uh, what day is it? Is it Tuesday or Saturday or Wednesday? Friday? I don't know what day it is anymore. Yeah, um, it's going to be. It's mostly Monday, depending on where you are. Monday. Mostly Monday. We'll we'll go yeah. with mostly Monday. So basically, this is already actually fallen. Hmm. Okay. Uh, it was supposed to come down earlier, su uh, late Sunday evening. Okay, uh, so then at this point, it is safe for us to say, guess we won the lottery. We're maybe. Uh, the plus or minus on that is 17 hours. Oh, that's so, it. Uh, so, you God, know. What a job. Can you imagine having that job where you literally are like, maybe here's your paycheck? Maybe. Plus or minus like being a weather person. 17 hours. Yeah, I mean, but you know what? It's so hard to predict these things because, you know, the amount of time it takes to re-enter or the amount of time, maybe it might get lucky and a part of it might, you know, interact with an especially dense part of the atmosphere and, and it might delay its, you know, drop through or it might hit a high altitude, you know, wind current and push it down even faster. There's no way to mm. accurately predict these things, right? Um, so plus or minus 17 hours, I kind of understand the the complete lack of you know clarity uh, but rest assured as folks you know start waking up across the country um you know over the next several hours here 
uh, I expect that it'll already have uh, burned up. Uh, usually, okay, so these kinds of predictions your, are really good. It's either in your yard already, um, or or you're good, really. And if it's in your yard, um, take pictures. Yes, and send them, them to us, please. Yeah, I like want to see uh... them. That would be really okay. cool. All right, good. Well, things fall from the sky all the time. That's not new. Just thought we would talk about it to get things started. It is 2023, Andrew Ferreira, and uh, you are weird, and you love nerdy space things, so there must be some weird nerdy space things that you're excited about coming up. What is, uh, what's on your um, pocket protector? Yeah, um, I'm, I'm uh, Juice. I'm excited about Juice. Okay. I like Juice. Uh, juice is good. Uh, very Cranberry. sugary, uh, mm. but still very delicious. Um, Juice is the uh, Jupiter Icy Moons Explorer. Juice is a much better name for that. Uh, and it's a mission uh, headed by the European Space Agency um, that's going to huck a satellite all the way over uh, to Jupiter. Um, and it's going to take a look at what we believe are its three ocean-bearing moons. Now, oh. that kind of sounds funky, but uh, there are moons in our solar system that we do believe have oceans. Um, the three that are interesting around Jupiter are named Ganymede, Callisto, and Europa. Um, there's also another moon around uh, Saturn named Enceladus that is not part uh, of this mission. Uh, but basically, the JUICE spacecraft, essentially its job is to observe uh, Ganymede, Callisto, and Europa, uh, try and take remote uh, measurements of its geophysical uh, structure, its characteristics. Uh, it'll try and figure these moons out um, in terms of what affects their local environments, uh, you know, are there, you know, unexpected changes based on the fact that it orbits around Jupiter? Um, and, you know, Jupiter is kind of a big deal. Um, and more on more on that, it's going to study, you know, Jupiter, the entire system, um, you know, of its, it's got something like 79 named moons. Um, it's going to study the entire Jupiter system, uh, because this is one of those neat things where if we study something in our own backyard, um, you know, Jupiter and all of its moons, it gives us an idea about what systems involving gas giant planets like Jupiter uh, mm. might be like in other solar systems or in other galaxies. Uh, and as far as we've seen in our, you know, our, our brief studies and forays into exoplanet research, um, a lot of what we find are these planets, they're called hot Jupiters. Uh, they're essentially Jupiters, and some of them are way bigger than our Jupiter. Uh, but they orbit extremely close to their parent star, like we're talking well within the orbit of Mercury. So they've got surface temperatures of hundreds of degrees, and they essentially uh, vaporize themselves uh, over their lives. And so we see a lot of those, but we don't really see a lot of Jupiter Jupiters, like Jupiter, like our Jupiter. We see mm -hmm. a lot of, uh, we don't see a lot of gas giants kind of out in the far-flung reaches of systems. And so we want to kind of figure out why we're not seeing that. Because it, are we really that? special so that's one of the other questions uh that cool. this mission wants to to look at and I that's like supposed to launch to... uh in april okay i like how they're gonna huck a satellite thing that way just okay vroom. cool there we go um what about going to the moon is that anywhere on our calendar for this year uh not landing on the moon um but the very first kind of processes for going to the moon are going to be starting to take place this year um, Artemis one, which just, you know, landed back on earth, uh, you know, about a month and a half ago, uh, was the successful test mission for, you know, the brand new Apollo missions, the Artemis program. Um, and as far as I can tell so far, it worked exceedingly well. Now, Artemis two is supposed to launch in 2024. So we don't have exactly the launch itself to look forward to, but what we do have to look forward to is the crew selection. Uh, and usually 
I would kind of pass this one over because who cares about people? Um, I only care about robots. <laughs> That's right. Uh, but I do uh, want to touch on the crew selection for Artemis 2, uh, because this will be the first group of people since the Apollo missions to go around the moon. Uh, they won't land, but they'll swing by it a couple of times, probably take some insane pictures uh, and splash down in the Pacific Ocean when they come back. Uh, but a special note for um, us Canadianians, um, we're actually going to be sending one Canadian Space Agency astronaut uh, on cool. this mission. The mission has four seats. We expect three of them to be NASA astronauts because NASA. Um, but one of them is going to be a Canadian. We don't know which one. Um, my bet is on um, Kutrick. That's my bet. My bet's on him. Um, but it really could be any of the four candidate astronauts uh, that we have. And their names, the rest of their names are escaping me. Um, I have a question. But the reason that we're on this mission uh, mm. is because we essentially did a, a quid pro quo with NASA. Um, so as part of the next kind of leap towards um, a potential permanent lunar presence, like a habitat, um, NASA is creating something called the Lunar Gateway, which is essentially going to be an international space station. But instead of orbiting the Earth, it'll orbit the moon. Uh, and it'll kind of act like a highway pit stop uh, between oh, cool. the Earth and the moon. So astronauts will launch from Earth, dock to the Lunar Gateway, I don't know, chill out, do somersaults, uh, and then go down to the moon from there. And then astronauts will come up from the moon, probably chill out and do more somersaults and come back to Earth with the Lunar Gateway being, um, you know, that highway turnoff uh, with the better bathrooms. Right. You know, you, yeah, you, have you to know those ones. Get the key before if you, you drive, you drive enough down the highway, you remember where the good bathrooms are. Um, so that's essentially what the Lunar Gateway is. And on the Lunar Gateway will be um, a Canada arm. Weird Science, Andrew C. Ferreira is our guest. We were talking about going to space and all the different things that are going um, and happening uh, in and around the uh, space world. Andrew, you were talking about how the Canada arm is going to be involved in this moon conversation and what's happening there. Yeah, so, I mean, it's it's on our money. The Canada arm is kind of a big deal if you're Canadian. Um, this will be the third iteration of it. Uh, the Canada Arm, of course, the first Canada Arm flew on board the shuttle programs. Uh, the second one is currently doing its job on the International Space Station. Uh, and the Lunar Gateway, which, as I mentioned before, is this essential you know, highway pit stop between uh, Earth and the Moon, uh, will have the Canada Arm 3. Uh, and both Canada Arms 1 and 2 had to be operated you know, either by a person, either on the shuttle or on the space station. And they can actually also be operated from CSA headquarters uh, in Lengue, Quebec, um, you can tell I don't like French. Um, they can actually be operated remotely, and they can also operate them remotely from uh, from Houston, Texas as well. Um, but the Canada Arm 3 will have uh, an AI um, kind of component that will allow it to do um, essentially supervised remote work, um, where NASA can essentially tell it to, you know, here's a list of things to do, go do them. Uh, and the Canada Arm 3 will be able to kind of carry those out in the, the order that it sees fit. Um, oh, wow. So... Canada kind of guaranteeing that there will be a Canada Arm 3 uh, for repairs, maintenance, uh, docking, maneuvering, and all, all that kind of thing. Uh, NASA said, okay, cool, we'll give you a seat on Artemis 2 uh, in exchange. Um, so that's the lowdown uh, on the Canada That's Arm cool. 3. That means we know people, man. We get like let in through like through the, the velvet yep. rope into the secret VIP. Um, exactly. We're my like, question about the, the technology the is when they do the dark side of the moon and they f do their, this buzz of the moon, the... Uh, yeah. Uh, can we buzz the tower? Don't do it, Mav. <laughs> um, the I think that the old technology was the dark side of the moon means we don't chat with anybody for a long period of time. Cross your fingers, hope they don't die. 
Is mm. that still going to be a thing as far as you know now, or has that technology changed? Do we have like a repeater off of Mars or something that we just bounce that signal around? Yeah, so that's not so much the case anymore. Uh, as of right now, it kind of depends on the orientation of the of orbiting satellites. Um, but this is actually one of the key things with Lunar Gateway, is that the way that the Lunar Gateway will orbit is that it'll never be behind the moon. It'll always be off to the side, on top or on the bottom. So we'll always have, even if astronauts are on the far side of the moon, they'll always have a, a relay point with which to communicate with Earth. And that's one of the big cool. uh, pluses of the Lunar Gateway. But I believe there are actually a few satellites, like the Lunar Reconnaissance Orbiter is one of them. Um, it's been up there for years, taking pictures of the moon. Um, but I believe that's one of the satellites that astronauts, uh, you know, when they're out back behind the moon there, uh, will be able to kind of bounce their signal or route it through uh, back to Earth. Uh, it's not as desolate as you know was during the Apollo missions where there was nothing up there. Um, now there's a suite of satellites orbiting and doing science as well as you know uh, you know active missions on the surface. Right there are uh, I think there's one or two Chinese missions uh, active on the surface. You know rovers kind of doing their own thing. Um, so they're not totally um, alone up there. So if anything happens on the backside, odds are they'd be able to radio and at least you know be like, yeah, this is not good. Or, okay. yeah, this is really good. You should see this picture. Very good. Okay, cool. So, Andrew C. Ferreira here. We're talking about space, and we only got about a minute, Andrew, just so you know. Um, space rocks, because we love space yep. rocks. I love space um, they're rocks. Coming, they're coming back. They're coming back uh, with a vengeance, and not actually. Um, you might have heard me talking about a mission called OSIRIS-REx. I've probably talked about it several dozen times. Um, essentially, this is a mission where uh, they sucked up the rocks from the surface of an asteroid called Bennu. Uh, and they flung that capsule full of space rock back at Earth. Uh, and that is on schedule uh, to deliver its sample to the Earth uh, in September of this year. Uh, and that'll be the end of a seven-year mission. Um, oh. So once it touches down on the Earth, it's going to be a little, you know, it looks like a miniature, you know, you think of like the Apollo missions where they had that heat shield thing that went through the atmosphere. Uh, it's essentially yeah. one of those. Uh, and they're hoping to land it. Uh, within uh, the Great Salt Lake Desert uh, at the Air Force Utah's test and training range. Uh, and yes, they are good enough that they'll be able to probably nail that bullseye. Um, really? Hey, that's wicked. All the way from space. Exactly. So they're going to crack that open, send the rocks around the world to different labs in different countries, and do some old studying uh, to yeah. see you know, what kind of secrets lie in these rocks that are just tumbling around out there. How long until we get a movie about the one rock that leaked out green fluid and turned everybody into zombies? Mm, I mean, if you know the right person, like you could, you, know, you could send an email tonight, get good. it done. As long as we get paid, I'm good. Um, I I wouldn't put money on it though. I am no I'm no showbiz expert, um, so I'll 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 pass on that one. Nice. Okay. Cool. Um. This is great. This is fun. There's so much uh, here to talk about. We still have more we didn't even get to, so I think we'll uh, we'll have a conversation again soon if that's okay with you. I'll put um, those uh, tabs back in the uh, back in one of my other windows that also has you know 73 other tabs. Exactly. I'll find it. Slow down I'll find the machine. It. Keep those tabs open. Andrew C. Best. Ferreira, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you, bud. Yeah. Cheers and a happy new year. Thanks for listening to The Shift Podcast. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the show and share with anyone you like. Get it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and CuriousCast.ca.